Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? In the room? So thankful that you're here. If you're in Grayson, if you're in Ashland, I listen, Ashland, I know I told you I wouldn't be there. It's like a back to the future moment. I'm not there, but I am there, right? Because I'm on the screen. You guys probably, they're, they're, they're laughing. I know that you guys, you wouldn't get that one, but they're laughing. And so, or if you're checking us out online, we're so glad that you have decided to be with us this morning and uh, really believe in that, that God has given us a word this morning that no matter where we are in the journey, that we're gonna take a next step, that God is going to urge us and push us somewhere along the way this morning in this journey. And just believing that, uh, I believe uh, a wise man once said, if you show your family before you preach, then 90% of the people will listen more. So I should have a picture to go up right now of my family. Um, if you can see right there, I have two redheaded uh, women that live in my house, so I will accept all your prayers. Um, it's, it's touch and go there for a little while. Um, I can say that because my wife is the kids director at the Ashland campus, so she's not with me this morning, so she's there. We're an hour apart, so I'm safe. So, um, but no, she's there. She's getting everything ready for kids camp. Uh, the, the tall young man uh, to my left in the picture, that's my oldest son, Zeke. Uh, he's about to wear the same shoe size as me, so that's a good thing, so I can wear all his shoes. And the bad thing is he's about to catch me in height uh, the, the young man on the right, that's Kingston. Um, he is the kid that would be sleeping right now and not care what's going on around him. He is the middle child indeed. And then the, the sweet little girl in the front, that's Willow. She just turned one years old. And yes, it's true, the little girl just grabs dad's heart and it's over. So she gets whatever she wants whenever she wants it. So that's just how it goes. Let's pray. Lord, we just come to you today. God, we thank you for your presence in all of our locations. God, we thank you for the great things that you are going to do this morning. God, we just come to you now and we ask you to speak to our hearts. God, speak to us. Reveal your will for our lives. Reveal the plans you have for us. God, be with my words. Let them not be mine, but God, only yours. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And so I said I was gonna talk about worship, and if I say I'm gonna talk about worship, you probably aren't figuring that we're gonna be in John chapter four, all right? So we're gonna be in John chapter four this morning, and it starts out, Jesus is hearing some rumbles from the Pharisee, and so he's wanting to leave Judea and go to Galilee, and so he's on that journey, and he has to travel through Samaria. And so if you know anything kind of about that, it's not Hatfields and McCoys dangerous, but it's not a good place for Jewish people to be. To be. They're not always welcomed. Um, it's, it's not enemy territory, but it's definitely not friendly territory. And so that's where we find him. He is on his journey to Galilee. It's about noontime, it is hot. They have journeyed a long ways. Um, and they come up to a little village and they decide that they are gonna go in and get food, water, and rest. Now it's an interesting place. This is the same field that that Jacob had given to his son, and so the well in this city is called Jacob's Well. And so Jesus goes up next to the well, and he kind of parks himself, which is an interesting place to be because there's no shade, there's water, but as you'll find out, there's no bucket or rope or any way for him to get water, and so he's just literally resting up against this well. And as he does this, this woman begins to approach him, and as 
she gets up, you kind of start putting some things together. One, it's noontime. Most people didn't go at noontime to get their water unless they were a guy and their wife had told him four times and he said, yeah, I'll get it in a second. And then he would go and get it about noon. Listen, I can say that, I'm bad. Um, but it's really weird for her to be coming to this well because everybody would have went to the well in the morning to get water, to start off their day with enough water for the day to go in the cool of the day because you're gonna have to carry this big container of water back to your homes. And so here she came up at noontime. And as she's there, she walks up to him and he says, hey ma'am, would you give me a drink of water? And she instantly gets defensive and says, why are you asking me that? So verse nine says, the woman was surprised for the Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are, asking, or you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you the living water. Right, we've all heard people say before, don't you know who I am? But that's not the way Jesus is saying this here. He is almost, you almost can feel the emotion, like if you only knew who I was, what I'm capable of, what I am able to give you in this very moment, you would ask and it would be done. But see, she doesn't recognize that. She just thinks he's some Jewish man who's sitting by a well who needs some water. And so she gets defensive. And so instead of asking him for what, what is it you could give me? She says this in verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Then Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And so if you see, Jesus' tone is one of empathy and sympathy of you don't know who I am. But she gets defensive all of a sudden, but, but you don't even have a rope in a bucket. Yeah, that's why I'm asking you for the drink. I don't have a rope in a bucket. You obviously do because you're coming to get water for your house, so give me a drink. And then it quickly kind of shows you where the Samaritans' head were, right? They're focused on their ancestors. How could you, she's almost offended and saying, how could you give me better water that our ancestors Jacob and his sons and his animals drank. Don't you understand, this is the best well that you can get water from for miles. Maybe anywhere in all of Samaria. And he's like, are, are you really focusing on what is literally in this? You're missing the point. The water that I wanna give you doesn't come from this well. See, the water that I will give you, you won't thirst anymore. The water that I can give you, will spring forth in you. It will make it like it's bubbling over. 
and you won't need water again. So it's, just a, it's a very interesting point that she is so literal in the moment that she's focused on just the here and now. She's not getting that he's talking for generations to come. He could literally change her life in that very moment for generations to come. He could set her family on an entirely different course, her life on an entirely different course. But yet she's focused on the water in the bottom of Jacob's well. And she's missing that Jesus, the Messiah to come, is the one who is trying to meet her needs. And so Jesus, he tells her in that moment, hey, you know what, I'll explain this to you if you go get your husband. And she goes, but I don't have a husband. He goes, I know, you've had five, and the man you now live with is not your husband. See, he didn't do that to embarrass her. He didn't do that to ridicule her or judge her. He did that to get her attention. That's it. He just wanted to tell her something in that moment, very personal, that not everybody should know, and especially a Jewish man. Now, everybody in her village, her city, they knew that. Her reputation precedes her. That's why she's at the well at noon, because she doesn't want to hear the gossip and the back talk and all the stuff that would be going on if she came to the well when everybody else went to the well. I think so many times when we've read this scripture, or at least I know I have, we focus just on this story and we think, oh, what a poor woman, what a story. She's been through it. Five husbands, she's living with another man. Woo, Jesus found a sinner there. No, Jesus found a broken and hurting woman who he was trying to give living water to, to change her life, to set her free from that bondage those chains, that shame that she has lived with for years. And he's just trying to set her free. So in verse 19, she replies, you must be a prophet. So tell me why it is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on the mount where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming where it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes through the Jews. And so this is where we start really to focus in this story on worship, right? We went from just needing a drink, a promise of living water, to telling a personal story of like, I know who you are, and you need this living water. But again, you're focused on the details that don't matter. We focus on the details that don't matter. Do we have a full band and projection screens and loud music for worship or do we sit in, in pews with red hymnals and choirs and piano and that's the age old battle that people are worried about in worship and we miss the point that worship isn't about your location. Worship isn't about what song is being played. Worship is about what your posture is in that moment. 
It's not about whether standing or sitting. That's not the posture I'm talking about. The posture I'm talking about is where is your heart and mind in that moment? See, Jesus isn't wanting to talk to this woman about her posture of walking to the well and being ashamed. He's trying to tell her it doesn't matter if you're on the mountain full of the Spirit. It doesn't matter if you're in Jerusalem where we're in the temple and we know all the righteous rules. What I'm telling you is there's a day and a time that's gonna come where it doesn't matter if you're on the mountain or in the temple, but that you've gotta get it right. You've gotta worship in spirit and in truth. But we get so focused on what the sanctuary auditorium looks like. We get focused on whether Sam or Sally is raising their hands or they're standing or they're sitting or they're singing or they're not. And we miss out. We miss out on worship and what that posture is supposed to be. See, it's not about the right way. It's not about the wrong way. Do we really sit in here today thinking there's a wrong way to worship? If you truly are worshiping God? See, we would be the same people if you backed up the story, would be judging that lady for five husbands and a man that she's living with. We're focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on appearance, not what the heart and mind are. See, worship is something we experience. It's an act where we encounter God's presence and receive living water, which becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within us, giving us eternal life. Worship is an experience. Worship is something that we don't attend, but that we are present in. Did you get it? Worship isn't what we come to do on Sunday morning. Worship is what happens when we step in this room and we allow God to have control. We experience his goodness. We experience his presence. We experience a moment where we put everything else in our life away from us and we focus on the one thing that matters, and that is God and God alone. So ask yourself the question this morning, when is the last time that you truly experienced a moment where God took a time of worship, poured living water into you, it bubbled and became fresh, and you overflowed with the goodness of God? I wasn't much older than, than some of these uh, young people sitting over here, when I truly experienced God's worship. It's been over 25 years. But you know, there's Sunday after Sunday after Sunday that I would walk in buildings just like this and not truly experience worship the way God had intended. I allowed the circumstances around me to dictate whether or not I was gonna experience God's presence this morning. I allowed what I had to do the rest of the day to dictate whether I had time enough to truly experience God's presence in a way that he would fill me with living water, I would bubble afresh and new and pour out to people around me. See, it's really easy, I don't like this song, not my favorite. Woo, that girl, she's singing today, but she's a little flat. Man, that guitar is just too loud. Are we really singing page 412 out of this red hymnal again? 
We sing this every single week. It must be their favorite. I don't like it. It doesn't resonate with me. I can't worship to this. I can't do that. It's not about you. It's about are you willing to step into this place or any place that God has for you and it truly, it truly experience a worship moment by giving God control and allowing him to give you an experience that you could never imagine? That's worship. That's worship in the spirit. See, Jesus knew all about her, knew what she needed. Jesus knows all about you, all about what you need. And that's why he's offering her living water. And that's the same thing that he's wanting to do today in your life. Offer you the living water. Will you drink from the cup? Or will you be too busy, rush out of here, rush home, rush back into your problems, rush back into your addictions, your struggle, your shame. In verse 23, Jesus says, but the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now when we start talking about spirit, I know we could take a hard right turn and we could talk about theology and doctrine and what's that mean, but what God is saying is I am spirit, I am the spirit, worship in me. Worship is a circle. I didn't know we were going to geometry, but okay. Worship is a circle. See, when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. When we delight in him, he delights in us. When we rejoice over him with songs, he rejoices over us. So the more that we will worship, the more he will pour out that living water. The more we experience that act of worship, the more living water can be poured into us, the more we can be made afresh and new and bubble over. Are you getting me that if we truly wanna change the lives around us, then it's on us to focus in that moment, in that experience, to worship him in the way that he calls us to in spirit and in truth. So you can't have one without the other. You have to have God's presence. He promises us. He's always right here. He's always right here, ready to pour out that living water. But what I need to, you to hear is, I know I said songs earlier, right? I said we poured out over songs, but it's just not songs. When's the last time that you were up for a sunrise and you worship God for being a creator? When's the last time you had a worship experience when he did something good in your life and you just stopped what you were doing to worship him, to give praise, to give thanks? 
When's the last time something went really cruddy in your life? And you stopped in that very moment to worship him and to give him thanks and to praise him, one, that he was going to see you through, and two, that maybe even though we don't understand, his ways are better than our ways. See, we get stuck that worship only happens on Sunday morning. There's a lot of other hours during the week that we need to be worshiping God. Because I don't know about you, but Sunday might make it to Tuesday, but by the time Thursday rolls around, if I'm not worshiping, if I'm not having that moment in the spirit, that experience of living water poured upon me, I'm not gonna be very good for anybody. And as a dad and as a husband and as a follower of Jesus, I've gotta be good for people. I've got to, they're counting on me. God is counting on me to love others well. God is counting on me to lead and disciple and mentor. And if I'm not having that continual experience of worship where he fills me back up, then by the time I get to Thursday, my cup is going to be empty. And if I'm empty, then so are my promises. So are my actions, so are my deeds, so is my love. And I know I can't be the only one in the room, but man, Sunday gets you charged up, and by Monday and Tuesday, you're ready to, to charge on and take on the gates of hell, but by the time Thursday rolls around, you just need a nap. See, God calls us to worship him in spirit and truth, and it's not just something we do on Sunday mornings. It starts here. I truly believe what we do as corporate worship is to charge us, what if I said challenge us and teach us how to truly worship? We've all been in a service, you probably can picture somebody right now that you said, I wanna worship like them. I wish I had the freedom to raise my hand, to do a little dance, to sing loud, to shout it out, to weep. Whatever God was calling me to experience in that moment, I wish I had that freedom. You do. Just like the woman at the well had the freedom to accept the living water and be changed from her life, you have that very choice this morning. You have that very choice tomorrow morning. Until God calls us home, we all have that choice every day to worship with a freedom to experience the goodness that God has for us. But will we choose it? Will we allow it? Will we allow ourselves to be present in that moment to put our phones and our tablets and our computers away? To put the worries of the day, the worries of tomorrow, put them beside us and step up in that moment and truly allow God to have that next 10 to 15 minutes of our lives to experience that moment so that we can go out and do something great for him. See, God is forever pursuing us. He desires intimacy with each and every one of us. He wants to draw us closer and closer to us as we draw closer and closer to him. but there's a part that we're missing. And there's a part, some of you might be sitting out there going, I don't know what to worship him for. I struggle with that, I miss those blessings in my life. I don't see it like other people see it. 
See, that's where the truth part comes in. We've got to truly know who Jesus is to be able to experience true worship in God. See, the Samaritans, they didn't get that. They mixed in a lot of their pagan rituals and a lot of things in with their worship up on that mountain because they didn't truly know who God was. And so for some of us, we can come in here and we can fake it until we make it. We can raise our hand and we can sing along and it's like our favorite concert every Sunday we don't have to buy a ticket for. But is it just empty words? Or in that moment, are you truly worshiping our creator? Are you truly giving praise? Because he sent a savior that in the moments that we don't deserve it, he would step up and give us everything that we could ever want, desire, and need, and then some. See, worshiping in truth is understanding that no matter where I've come from, no matter who I am, no matter what it looks like in my past, no matter, just like the Samaritan woman, if you've had five husbands and you're not living with the right one right now, he isn't judging he is offering you that living water today. It doesn't matter if you've fought addiction for years and you've been sober and now you're not and you try to get sober and it's a, it's a vicious cycle that you face back and forth. It doesn't matter that if you and your wife on the way to church had a knockdown, drag out fight because you forgot to mow the grass yesterday. You forgot to take the trash out. Somebody forgot to do this. What matters is in that moment when you stepped in here today, God met you where you were. God met you in your mess. And God has called you to worship him today. God desires for you to draw near to him because the truth of it is God gave up his only son so that you could be set free from the sin and shame in your life but you've gotta be willing to experience that. You've gotta want a desire to experience that moment of true worship where you abandon all that shame, you abandon all that, that, that pride in your life. When you solo yourself out in this room and you don't care who's around you, who's gonna see it, who knows what you've done. This is Jesus talking to a lady that has been married five times, living with somebody that she's not supposed to, and he still calls her in that very moment to worship. He still calls her in that very moment to drink from the fountain that he wants to pour out of that will make her fresh and anew. It doesn't matter how many times you failed this week. God called you here this morning because he wants to do something new in your life. He wants to pour that living water into you so that you can become fresh and new this morning. And when you do that, then you can worship him in a new way. See, for some of us, we, we've gotta remember what that felt like when we truly gave our lives to Jesus, when we hit rock bottom, when we accepted that grace into our lives, and that next song that was played, how you rejoiced, how your heart felt, that's the experience God wants us to experience every single Sunday but we allow everything else to rob us of that. 
Think about the power in that. Think about in this very moment in Grayson, in Ashland online, that if you truly said, you know what, I wanna experience that first moment of drinking from the living water time and time again, how different would your worship be? How different would the lives around you be? Because you would continually be filled up to overflow. And as you overflow, it becomes contagious and people start wanting to drink from the same well. And then their lives change. Their lives bubble over. See, that's the heart of true worship. The heart of true worship is to experience God's presence. It's not the songs. It's not the location. It's the desire to experience him over and over and over again. That we never get to a point that we think we've had enough. We never get to a point that we take it for granted. Y'all realize that our God, the creator of the universe, the one that gave his son up for us by dying brutally on a cross is the one that calls us to draw near to him and experience him every single day, no matter how we have behaved with the choices that we've made. Y'all get it, how special that is? And that's what he draws us to every day. But we wanna take it for granted. We wanna worry about details we can't even control. We wanna worry about what people will think. I used to be one of those people. In high school, family was going to church and my dad would just worship everywhere. I remember just being like, oh gosh, who's gonna see? Oh man, I hope my buddies don't see. They're gonna think my dad's crazy. Man, I wish I would've started doing it with him. I wish 25 years ago I would've started worshiping in that way. Man, oh man, what could God have done through that worship in my life? What lives would be changed? What lives would be different? How would I be different? Maybe I wouldn't be grumpy on Thursdays anymore. But you know what's good, y'all? I had that very chance this morning call on his name, to drink from that living water. And today and this very day, start fresh, start new. Allow his presence to bubble up inside of me so that I would worship him in a new way. And so do you. See, it doesn't matter if you're sitting in Grayson this morning, if you're sitting in Ashland this morning, if you're watching online, God wants you to drink from that living water today. Right here, right now, you have the choice to drink from the well that will keep you from thirsting ever again. But are you willing? Are you ready? Right, because you could drink from it today and then tomorrow you're like, oh, we've got a leak, stop it. I'm uncomfortable, I don't know what this is like, I don't like it, I'm worshiping, I'm I'm praising God, people are gonna think I'm crazy. Oh God, I I liked it yesterday in church, can you just make it happen on Sundays? 
no. So you ask for it, and I'm gonna give it. You ask for it, and I'm gonna keep my promise, God says, that you'll never thirst again, that it'll bubble up inside of you, become fresh, become new. Verse 23 says this again, but the time is coming, hear this, but the time is coming, indeed it's here now, where true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. See, the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Is that you this morning? Because the time is now. Are you gonna be one of those true worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth? The spirit allowing that experience to happen. The truth is knowing that God did something miraculous in your life when he set you free. If you will, bow your heads. So is that you this morning that believes there's something more in worship that you're missing? There's something in worship that you want to experience but you've never been able to attain. You've never been able to drink from that living water in a way that God would make you fresh and anew. God wants you to know this morning, no matter who you are, where you've been, that living water is there. He's reaching out that cup for you. If you're in Grayson right now, he wants you to drink from that cup. If you're in Ashland right now, he wants you to drink from that cup. If you're in this room in Moorhead right now or watching online, he has the cup ready for you to drink from. But will you drink from it this morning? If that's you this morning and you wanna drink from that living water, you want God to change your life in a way, you wanna surrender to the name of Jesus, would you just slip up your hand? I'd love to pray for you. But maybe you this morning, you've drank from that living water. You've drank from that living water time and time again, but you've never truly experienced worship in the way that God wants you to experience it. And today's the day that you say, I'm missing that and I want it. I wanna pray for you this week. Your campus pastor in Grayson wants to pray for you this week. I got Doug watching the home. I wanna pray for my people at Ashland this morning. If you're online, we wanna pray for you. If you truly want your worship to go to the next level, if you wanna declare right now, God, do a work inside of me through the living water, God, so that I experience you in a new way, would you raise your hand this morning? Amen. Father God, we just thank you. Mm. 
We thank you that you call us to drink from the living water, God. We, we, we thank you that you, you meet us where we are, no matter what our past looks like, God, that you meet us in this very moment where we are right now to take us on a journey and an experience with you, God, that oh, will make us fresh and anew. And so God, this morning, I just pray for those who, who drank from that living water this morning, God, who gave their life to you. God, I pray that this week you allow them to experience you in a new way. And God, those that, that God, they desire to draw near to you, they wanna worship you in a new way, God. They wanna, they wanna draw near and near and experience and rejoice in your goodness, God. I, I pray this week that you put people around them who worship in a way that they experience you every day. So God, that they can be uh, just mentored, discipled, and, and God, I just pray in this moment that this week is a week full of worship, God, that they could never imagine. And when they come back in here next Sunday, God, that they rip the roof off this place with their voice. God, if they wanna dance, if they wanna raise their hand, God, you take them to that level. God, you are so good and so worthy of our praise. The name of Jesus is so merciful and so graceful and so good. God, we give him all our praise this morning. We worship him in this very moment right now. And it's in his name that we pray, amen.